Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Good morning, Lozzie. Good morning. How are you? I am well. How are you going? I'm good, and I'm glad we're back to morning intro recordings. The afternoon ones were getting a bit, well, on my end, were getting, <laughs> getting a bit outrageous. <laughs> is, this a, is this a promise that this one will be a little bit more in check, is it? <laughs> yes, this is going to be very, no, no double recommendations, no recommendations <laughs> that haven't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> What's your kick share for the week? So my kick share for the week is Hollywood, which is a show. Oh, yes. You've been telling Which I've recommended this. to you about 85 times in the past week. And I keep asking, Steph, have you watched it yet? And you're like, no, because I'm watching this other show, which fair enough. I'm being a bit well, pushy. I'm watching like four other shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I really, really like it. I don't usually, it's so funny. I usually like, um, this is going to sound so funny to say, but I, I like watching modern movies. I don't like often it's so strange like I never got into Game Game of Thrones I can't even speak and I usually yeah just like modern set movies but this one is set back in the day (laughs) yeah back in the day this one is set back in the day in Hollywood yes and it um it's just so good it brings up so many really really important issues it's a really good watch I cried in it I laughed in it and it was one of those shows as well that I just had to watch the next episode which I think mm. is the best when you find a show like that. So I highly recommend it. And it's got a beautiful Australian actress in it, Samantha Weaving. Um, mm. And I have not seen her on the screens for a while and it's so awesome that she has landed this role because it's such a cool series. It's also ranked, I think, number one on Netflix. So it's a very um, – I feel like a lot of people would have already watched it, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've heard a few people recommend it and, um, yeah, whenever I finish one of the series that I'm currently in halfway through, I will start to watch it. <laughs> what um, is yours? Mine is actually – mine's a movie and it's – I'm sure you've heard of it. Like, so many people have heard of it. It's Marriage Story on Netflix. And whilst it's not a, you know, feel-good, happy story – movie um it's just really real and raw and the acting in it is unbelievable um Scarlett Johansson and oh what's his name I've already forgotten his name but he's incredible he was an actor in Girls and the Black Klansman he's oh it's gonna kill me but he's really really good actor but Scarlett Johansson has this like one scene where she's in a lawyer's office and it's like one whole take for such a long time and she does such an incredible job and then they have this like fighting scene as well in it and it's just it the way it's shot is just so beautiful and yeah acting insane but I wouldn't recommend watching it if you're like hoping for a you know a super positive um beautiful love story because it's definitely not that but I kind of liked that you know for once there was a Hollywood movie put out there that's not like um, I don't know, they don't spin the tail to always end up with a happy ending. Whilst the ending isn't horrible, like, it, you know, it's amicable or whatever, there's a lot in there that's, like, really raw and I'm sure is quite true to a lot of divorces that happen and um, it was just a really interesting watch. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, I that came out a while ago, didn't it? And I didn't watch it because I had yeah. heard. I'm very much, I like watching happy stuff, but I feel yes. like I, I will watch it now. And I think that I just Googled it and I have... 
I, maybe I have seen this actor, but I don't know. Adam Driver, is that the main one? Yes. Or no? Yes. Yes, that's what came yes. up as the first male actor in the movie. He's incredible. Yes, he is, and that is his name. I'm glad we could give him the credit. Okay, so now, now moving let's on. get into moving on to today's podcast. So today we are joined by the very special Al Ferguson, the founder of The Al Effect. Al is unapologetically herself, and her beautiful nature and self-belief shines through during this conversation. We speak about Al's childhood and what travelling five hours a day to get to school taught her about life. We then touch on her transition from her interior design course into working at One Teaspoon and then how and why she founded her company. Al opens up about the initial difficulty in being taken seriously in the industry as a woman, the importance of her beautiful partner Joel in her life and how to turn self-doubt into your superpower. We hope you enjoy this one. Al, thank you so much for joining me today. We really, really, really appreciate it. We're so excited to hear from you. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. But first off, I have to say congratulations on that Women's Health cover. Boom. Oh, thank you. Goosebumps. It re- I was like, yeah. So I'm, re- I'm so happy to be able to see your face and talk to you. And um, even though we're doing it in isolation, it's congratulations because it's huge and you look amazing and it's really powerful. Really, really cool. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you, Al. That, that means no, so much to me. Thank yes. you. So we wanted to start by asking you, how are you going at the moment? We've just had a bit of a laugh about how long it took us to connect both of us, our headphones, and then we're both in our spare rooms and the internet has been difficult. (laughs) But how are you going? So I'm good. Do you know what I'm really good? um, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm with my family. I'm isolated in a beautiful apartment in Bondi Beach. So I'm I'm really blessed. But um, I really do think this last six weeks, five, six weeks, been a roller coaster. I mean, I'm sure you're the same as me. I've had good days. I've had bad days. I've had days where I've been scared. I've had days of just going like, what's going on, you know? But I think I'm really lucky that the people that care about me are checking in and I'm checking in on people. And I think it's funny that we're isolated, but I feel more connected to people than I ever have before. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I, I agree. I mean, it's, it is, it's so important to remember that we are safe at home home and that's yeah. so special in itself and I, I agree about being connected with people and in this time has connection been the way that you have found joy I think the thing about social media is is that everybody's sharing it and I think sometimes people say that we overshare but it, what's been amazing is is that you actually are connecting with other people that are going through the same journey and by all of us being isolated we're all part of it together so yeah look the joy for me has been a really interesting I've been doing it in week blocks and I'm finding that every different week something new is bringing me joy so the first week was cleaning the entire house from top to bottom and like I mean everything like everything I I, it it was like an interesting seven day clean because there is nothing that I don't know that's not in this apartment right now so that was really good. Then I called week two, like, the slob because I pretty much watched, you know, like, all the seasons of Gossip Girl again, lived in my pyjamas, had a top knot, kind of went from the the lounge to the bed to the bed to the lounge. And then week three, I was like, I have to move. And then for the last three weeks, I've been moving. And now I'm in this like ISO challenge with myself and all of these people that I don't know on social. And now I want to come out of ISO a better version than the the one I went in. So 
yeah, just finding joy in in little things. I love that. And I think it's so important, as as you said, and I love how you explained it, how you had your week, you know, watching Netflix. And that's yeah. awesome because I think what's really important during this time is we find what works best for us. And yeah. it might be a week of Netflix and then going into, you know, a more productive week. But even if it just stays totally. as Netflix, I think it's important to know that's okay. Yeah. And I think I read something the other day where all of us were trying to teach ourselves new skills and learn new things in isolation. I mean, at the moment, you know, if all we can do is get up and eat three healthy meals a day and just chill out, then that's enough, you know, and, and we're all different. And I think the thing that I've learned is, is just to listen to myself. You know what I mean? If I, 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 I'm better when I'm moving 110%, but if there's days where I really can't move because I'm, I'm not in a good place, then I try to do something else, but just listen to yourself. I love that. That's so important. And we, we are so different. And speaking about how different we are, you are an incredible businesswoman. You have an amazing business, The Al Effect. And I want to get to that. But I want to start, um, if you could take us back to your childhood and then I suppose your journey into the woman that you are today. Yeah. Wow. How long have you got? I mean, we, 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 we're still locked up for a couple more weeks, aren't we? No. <laughs> um, look, do you know what's really funny? I think being kind of like in isolation, I've had time to reflect on, you know, I mean, I've been having really amazing conversations with Joel, my partner and my sister as well, just about our childhood and the way we were raised and things like that. And it's kind of given us all a moment to reflect. And something that I was thinking to myself the other day when I was telling Joel a story about when I was a kid, I was like, I actually was always an entrepreneur. Even when I was a kid, if I saw there was a need for or a want for something, then I went and made it. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember at primary school, you know, when the, the, the bake sale was on, I'd always make twice as many cakes because I wanted to sell more cakes or I'd always volunteer at the dance club to make the costumes. And, you know, like I think I've always been an entrepreneur and it's really weird because I've had more time to like listen to podcasts and things like that. There's similar milestones that we kind of all hit those people that have it and kind of want to do something you know what I mean I just have found it funny to reflect on like on my childhood but I grew up by the beach I was very blessed about two hours from Sydney in a little coastal town called Terrigal and then um I never was a normal child. I was always performing. Like we'd go for, you know, afternoon, you know, tea and coffee with my mom and my sister. And I'd always be like dancing or performing for the cafe. So I was always very out there. And then um, in year six, it was that kind of awkward point where you had to work out what high school you were going to go to. And one of my teachers said, there's a school in Sydney that's at a selective performing arts high school. They've never chosen anybody from the Central Coast, um, never a 12-year-old. They normally take these people in at 16 for years 11 and 12, but do the audition. We think the audition, we're going to put you forward for the audition. We think it'll be really good for you. And I remember going to my mom like, oh, okay, let's like, let's do this audition. And she drove me down to the high school in Newtown and we walked into this high school and it was the biggest place I'd ever seen in my life. Like I, it just was huge. And I remember doing the audition and I came out of the audition and I said to my mom, like, I want to go to that school. Like, that's where I feel like I can be me. And then I was really lucky I got in and I was the youngest kid to ever get in from the Central Coast and commute. Um, like five hours a day on train on public transport from year seven to year 12 and I really think Newtown High of the performing arts molded me 
at that age to be the person I am now because I could be free. I could be me. There was no judgment. And when I think about how forward that school was in accepting individuals as whatever they wanted to be, it's quite amazing. You know, I remember starting school, my sister had um, a student start in year eight as a man and he graduated as as a woman and it, that was our norm so and it was quite amazing to be surrounded by these people that just were these creatives so yeah I think Newtown had a big thing also in the same breath having to travel five hours a day ingrained in you that you needed to be organized you needed to be on time if you were late you missed the train if you missed the train you missed the class you know so I think I've carried that on to my you know into business because you just you know what happens if you miss that train and you also know how hard you've got to work you know what I mean like I knew how hard I had to work to get to school and then to uni so I went on from went on from Newtown and I um did interior design and then I did visual merchandising as well I did four and a half years of interior design which was like incredible but it was very much coloring in between the lines and I like to color outside of the lines so you know that was that was interesting (laughs) and I always would rock up to class in some sort of crazy outfit and everybody else had black on so I think I looked around and was like I probably don't fit in here, but I still went and I, I, I'm somebody that always has to give my best. So, you know, with interior design, I ended up getting um, a really big award at the end of the study for most promising student. And I remember they handed it to me and I was like, I can never do this job. I was like, I can never color in between the lines. Like I have to go, I have to be free. Um, and I was lucky enough that somebody came to that exhibition that worked for one teaspoon and they saw something in my end of year presentation and said, would you like to come and do an interview for a national visual merchandiser job? And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a dream. And I went for the interview. I walked into what was known as the pink factory then. That's what one teaspoon ran out of. And it was this wicked pink factory in Redfern with these amazing women. And I just was like, I don't care how far I have to travel or what you're going to pay me. I need to work here. So that's how I kind of fell into it. And and then I think also I was thinking about it last night when I had a look at these questions. I um, I did quite a lot of modeling in my earlier years. And then when I got to like year 10, year 11, my mom sat me down and kind of said like, you know, you need a brain. You need to be smart. Like your looks are only going to get you so far. You want to be the pretty girl that's the smart girl as well. So I think kind of having that ingrained in me as well has made me go, you know what, don't judge a book by its cover. I I love that. And I mean, I was exactly the same. And I think it's so important, um, especially, and I mean, it's such a testament to the business you've created, your own, I suppose your personal brand and the Al Effect because you do work so hard and you, you. That you put so much into everything that you do. Thank and I you. think that's because, I mean, it makes so much sense that you grew up with so much discipline and you just work to get things done because I think in starting your own business, you really have to just throw it all in and yeah. be, I suppose be prepared to work all hours because otherwise no one's going to do it for you. So no. it's so nice to hear that. I mean, I didn't expect anything else from you, I suppose. <laughs> I've heard a little bit about your upbringing, but that is, that's so interesting. And it's funny, I actually bought my first pair of one teaspoon oh. uh, shorts after looking at your blog a yeah, long, really? long time ago. But oh my <laughs> gosh. It's so crazy because it was so funny. Like it just... 
like that one teaspoon experience was and people used to think I was paid by one teaspoon to wear the shorts and I, I never was and I wore those denim shorts to the opera house I've worn them everywhere but it just became part of my DNA it was really it's really funny when you kind of just listen to yourself and kind of go with it and wear your denim shorts no matter what <laughs> Well, you definitely influenced me to buy them and I love them. They're, they're so good. <laughs> so now um, let's talk about the inception of the Alifet. So yes. I know you worked at General Pants, you worked yes. at One Teaspoon, yes. uh, you worked at Sea Folly for a yes. bit. And then from there, you, you also had your blog. Yes. But when did the Alifet come in and why and, and how? Um, That's a big one. I think, I think, to be honest with you, the Alifet as a business was always there. You know what I mean? I think it was always kind of bubbling in the background and I was gathering knowledge and gathering, you know, experiences and working with amazing brands and people. And, you know, I always say to girls that want, or men, but girls or guys that want to be mentored by me, you need to ask questions and you need to listen. You know what I mean? And I think what happened with me was I'd gotten to a point in my career where I was working with these amazing brands that were almost, you know, like taking my brand as Elle Ferguson and putting it into their brand to sell their product. And I mean, that was amazing. And I still work with phenomenal brands now that I pinch myself about. But there was one brand in particular that I was working with and I got a talent fee and it was a very healthy talent fee. And then I caught wind of the amount of products that I had sold out of the deal. And I was saw the number and I kind of was like the businesswoman inside of me was like, radio then you know like I can move some product and I know the number I got and I know the number they're getting and you know what that bigger number needs to be my number so I kind of just I put that in my mind and then I started to just kind of pay a lot more of attention and and look into what's happening what was happening overseas because I do feel like Australia isn't that far away, but sometimes we're just a little bit behind everybody else. And I started to look at some of the girls and women that I really admire in the influencer space. And I saw them making this shift from the influencer to the brand owner and their name becoming the brand. And, you know, Kiara is one of them. She is phenomenal and had worked with all of these huge, amazing brands. And then she turned herself into the brand. Do you know what I mean? And she's selling her product. And I was like, okay. And then I was lucky enough to actually, Jen Atkin asked me to be in her first ever campaign for The Way. And I was like, I am there. I like got myself on the plane. I flew to LA with my manager and Joel and rocked up. And I was like, holy wow, this is incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like where I'm sitting here with Jen Atkin and her husband, Mike, he was shooting it. And we were put into this like trailer and everybody was it was myself it was Shayla makeup it was Christian Kristen Noel Crawley from KNC Beauty myself Steph Shepard and we were sitting around and they were all talking about themselves being these female founders and how at a point in their career they'd realized you know that the shift from being somebody you know that worked for other brands to actually creating a brand for themselves and I remember just kind of like sitting there and listening to it. And then I opened the door and we walked outside and I turned to my manager and Joel and I was like, the time's now. Like the time's now that I turn Elle Ferguson into a standalone brand. And 
I remember Joel and Camille were kind of like, but what is it going to be? And I was like, it's, 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 it's got to be something that resonates with who Elle Ferguson is. And we'd kind of done these little like group focus groups. And we were like, what are three words that come up with, what are three words that come to mind when you think of Elle Ferguson? And it was denim shorts, tanned and blonde hair. And I think because I'd worked in fashion my entire life and I knew fashion back to front and I knew how retail worked, beauty to me was the unknown. And I was almost naive to the fact of how the beauty world worked. And I think there was some sort of power in being so naive and not knowing anything that I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to go into beauty. I love beauty. I live and breathe beauty. And I was like, I can do this. Little did I know, beauty is like 10 times harder (laughs) than fashion. At this point, I should have just released some denim shorts. But um, no, so it kind of, that's how it happened. And then I just kept asking questions and researching. And the L effect, the actual name just came out of, everybody would always kind of say to me, oh, that's the L effect. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd chop a pair of denim shorts in half and they'd be like that's the L effect or I'd mix 75 different tans together to get a good color and they'd be like that's the L effect and then that's just how that name came about it was really funny but yeah that, that's amazing and and I have to say for everyone listening your tan is one of my favorite tans the eight Thank I mean you. the eight hour one I love yeah. it doesn't stain the sheets it doesn't smell like tan no, I love it like smells it smells good. like roses I actually tanned last night and I feel like a whole new woman and I'm not just saying that because I also painted my nails and washed my hair and I've really tried to hold on to a Thursday tan night and I like I had forgotten last night how much better you feel when you've got a tan on (laughs) like today I'm walking around and I'm like hello Joel's like what is going on I'm like nothing leave me alone (laughs) and it's such a natural color um, and you're also in Mecca, which is just yes. amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank it's you. Incredible. It was, do you know what was really exciting about Mecca? They actually knocked on my door the day after I launched and they were like, we want you. What, what have you got? We want, People didn't even know what the product was and they were like, we want you now. And I actually held off 12 months before I went, on to, went into Mecca because it was really important for me to understand my customer. I wanted to know what they liked, what they didn't like. I wanted to know what they were buying, where they were buying it from. I mean, if you go back right back to the beginning of L Effect, the mitt is not the same application mitt because so many women told me that their partners were putting the tan on for them and that the old mitt didn't fit their husband's boyfriend's hands. So we changed that. And it's really interesting. Mecca has been a really huge accomplishment for me because I've been a Mecca girl since I was a little kid. And to be able to walk in there and see my my product on there is is quite amazing. We've also actually just got into Selfridges in the UK, which is, um, yeah, which is amazing. So, yeah. Wow. That is huge. And something that, I mean, thank you so much for doing this for our beautiful community. You've got a a discount code for them, which is so kind. Yes, girls, get online. Girls and guys. (laughs) I'm not forgetting about the guys, I promise. But it is, um, yes, a 20% discount code. And if you enter KIC20, you'll get 20% off, which is super exciting. Thank Thank you. you. That that means so much to us. And, yeah, I vouch for the town. It is just amazing. I'd love to know what is your favourite thing about being the founder of your brand oh my that I'm the boss no that's, that's, that's <laughs> the short one um I think my favorite thing is is the fact that 
I remember being a teenager and in my early 20s and looking at these amazing women that I looked up to that had created these brands. And I, I love to think that I have become one of those women. And I think to me, that's my proudest moment. No, well, you absolutely have. And, and that's so special. What about um, the transition? I'd love to talk to you about this. And it's something that Steph and I have also gone through ourselves, but the transition from being a blogger or an influencer into an entrepreneur and being taken seriously. How is that? How have you found that? Then add female and then add blonde. And then, you know, the list, the list goes on. Ah, yeah, look, it's been, I mean, I'm sure it's the same as you guys. It's been an interesting um, journey. But say with saying that, I think for me personally, I've worked twice as hard. You know, I when I worked at General Pants, I worked in a pretty much all male team. So I always found that I kind of had to push myself that little hard, a little bit harder to prove my point or to be taken seriously. And what I think amazing is now is some of the brands that I work with, I can walk into a boardroom and they respect you so much because they understand the value in what you're going to bring to that brand. And I think that for every bad meeting where somebody just thinks I'm a dumb blonde, you get one of those meetings that you walk in and the respect they give you and they want to listen to you and they actually believe in what you're doing is quite incredible. I think the other thing is, is that I'm really lucky to spend so much time overseas. And I think especially in the States, they recognize the the power and the influence and that, you know, these inverted commas influencers have and, and the knowledge that they have, that they get the respect. I think here, like I said, certain brands are really onto it, but I also do think, you know, some companies and some people are still really, um, a little behind the eight ball, but you know, all we can do is try to try to teach them. And, 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 you know, there's also so many layers of what we do, you know what I mean? What you guys do is completely different to what I do, but we're all still working, you know what I mean? And it's hard work. That's the other thing. I've never worked this hard in my life. I thought I worked hard before when I worked for the man, but working for yourself is like (laughs) out of control. It never stops, but it's very, very rewarding. Oh, absolutely. And I think a place that we've got to with that is kind of the the place where the people around us know what we do and, and what we do every day and how hard we work. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter 100%. if we don't get validation from others because no. the important people give it to you. And, and so it's really nice that you have found that place it's, and you're comfortable yeah. with it. It's also funny. It's funny you say that it's the people that are around you because it's it is actually those people. They're the only people you need the validation from. You know what I mean? And and I think it's funny because we can sit on the lounge at night and Joel will look at me and I'll be like going through my phone. And I know he knows I'm not just sitting there like scanning through things. He knows I'm doing work. And it's quite funny because he'll be like, put your phone down, babe, and just chill out. But I'm like, no, I've got to screenshot this stuff. I've got to do this. I've got to do that, you know. But I think it, I think it is. And even, you know, like our close group of friends, when we holiday and stuff, they, they, it's never a holiday because they get that I'm working, but they respect that. What is the biggest misconception, if I could speak, misconception about you? <laughs> we're really going to have to learn some new skills when we leave the house. Out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> we've really been in our own little world. Um, the biggest misconception, yeah, is that you, a lot of people judge the book by its cover. And I think, it, I think that cover is, you know, a tall 
blonde you know and I think people often I put legally blonde on the other day and I was on the treadmill and I was cheering so loud because I remember seeing that movie for the first time and the fact that she's called Elle and she's blonde is like the best thing in the world and then she ends up being the lawyer it's just I think too many people judge the book by its cover but I think you know women in general are making a huge shift right now and and it's quite amazing that so many women are at the forefront of so many amazing things than change that's happening right now Oh, they are. And it's so good. And it's funny you say that my email address in high school was um, Al uh, from Legally Blonde's yeah. number plate, which was Ms. Blonde underscore legally at hotmail.com. So I was the same. I was like, yeah, she's a lawyer. It's I awesome. know. Didn't you, didn't you see that movie and you were just like, watch out, world. I am coming <laughs> with my acrylics on and everything. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you're also obviously a big part of the fashion industry. And you're obviously, we, we love your style so Thank much you. and take a lot of inspiration from you. I'd love to know if you've ever felt pressure to be a certain size, because obviously a lot of brands, you know, their sample sizing is often in a six to eight. Um, yes. And the fashion industry has changed a bit, but have yes. you ever felt pressure? Yeah, look, I think we all have as females. I also, like I mentioned before, I started modeling quite young and I was always very tall and very skinny. And I remember going for a few castings um, and people saying I was too commercial. And I remember walking out of those castings to my mom and kind of going like, "What's what do they mean by commercial? And she was like, that you're blonde and blue eyed. And I was like, but isn't that what like people like isn't that the cookie cutter do you know what I mean and and it was quite of around the time when Gemma Ward came in and it was there was a bit more of a different look going on and I remember kind of going like why can't I have bushier eyebrows and why can't I have bigger eyes and stuff like that but then I think because my mom was so amazing and so encouraging and so inspiring that I never doubted myself like that do you know what I mean I think I kind of got over it in regards to like sizing with things and, you know, with clothes and samples, I think I've always been really confident in myself and that if something didn't fit me on a shoot, I could quite confidently say, look, do you know what? It doesn't fit. Can I have another option? Or I'd always bring things with me. Um, you know what I mean? I'd always have a backup kind of bag of clothes, but I never like wholeheartedly, I never let it get to me. You know what I mean? I know when I, when I've been working out and I've been eating really well and I look good and I feel good if I go to a shoot versus if I rock up and I don't feel the best, but I'm also in a position now that when I shoot, I'm lucky to surround myself with people that I know within the industry, people that I trust, people that get my vibe. I, I think when you start off in this industry really young, you need to make sure you've got that support system around you. Um, I also do think what's refreshing is, is I remember back when I first started kind of inverted commas influencing when they brands would offer you clothes and you were only allowed to have those sample sizes. And I mean, I always get everything three sizes too big so I can kind of like take it in or wear it back to front or cut it and put the, you know what I mean? Like I'm doing, I did it to an age dress the other week and I felt I took it up like 17 inches. It was like a maxi dress and now it's a mini, but you know, it's the L effect. But I remember right back at the beginning when they were like, no, it's not available. But now you can get any size you want. And it's so amazing because you can you can ask for a double XL and there's no shame. It's great. Yeah, that's so true. It's nice to, to see the fashion industry is changing. And it's amazing to hear that you've always had that confidence. What has your relationship been like with self-confidence? Have, has it always been a positive relationship? Um, I think 
like when I think back to it, I think what happened was is that I always stood out because I was six foot tall from pretty much birth. And you know what I mean? Like I I, I think I just kind of owned it. And I know that sounds really silly. And yes, you know, you know, my high school boyfriend broke up with me and I probably cried in my bedroom for a week. And you know what I mean? Like I, I went through that kind of stuff, but I don't think I ever took it upon myself. To, I mean, I wore braces. Like, have you ever heard of cat's whiskers? They, the headgear, no. it's like braces headgear. <laughs> like Google it. If anybody's listening to this, like Google cat's whiskers, it's like braces and then it goes in your mouth and then it goes around your head. And I used to have to wear that to school and I went in there and just smiled my way through it with it. So I think, you know, like I've always kind of been quite confident, you know. I think it's changed a little bit, um, you know, with like, everybody has a phone everybody has a camera they can take photos of you and you know sometimes you can be in an event and somebody will take a photo of you at a wrong angle and you're like really did you have to put that up like I'm sure there was a nice photo please like I was mid-sentence you know like it's not a good angle but then we're all human and I kind of choose to accept the world that we're in now that we're all human we've all got our flaws that's what makes us who we are and somebody messaged me the other day that knew me in high school and they said you've always been so unapologetically you and I was like do you know what I actually think I have been you know what I mean so I've always kind of been quite confident which is weird. But it's it's amazing. I think it's something that I, I that's something that Ste- Steph has taught me so much because I'm personally I wasn't I, I have definitely growing with my confidence, but it's something that I didn't have a lot of and I've learned that from Steph and it's it's incredible. Do you ever f- like doubt yourself in any way or are you so sure of yourself that you never go through those stages of self-doubt? Um I think I believe in myself and I back myself 110%. And I think that's been right from the beginning from putting that foot on that train and traveling to Newtown to go to school. You know what? I was like this is where I have to go. This is what I'm doing. I back myself. I believe in myself. Yes, I have doubt. I, rem- I mean just before when I launched the Elephant I was like, "Oh my gosh, what happens if nobody wants this?" Do you know what? Like there are there are those moments of doubt, but I actually just now choose to turn them into fuel. You know what I mean? I turn the fuel, the the doubt into power. You know what I mean? I let myself have that moment of like going, oh my gosh, like we're locking ourselves inside for however months we know uh, people going to still want to put self-tan on. And then I'm like, you know what, let's flip this. Yes, because it makes you feel good. Yes, we can do this. You know, I've really learned that. And then I just think, I just don't let myself have a lot of time to doubt myself because I just think, why use that energy? You know what I mean? Like, let's flick the switch. Let's go the other way. That's such great advice. What about, I suppose, with social media, which, I mean, is something that fuels us self-doubt for a lot of us, but yes. you share a lot of your life on social media, which is amazing. Does Do you ever feel overwhelmed by it or pressure? Yeah, I think there are times when, you know, first of all, my Instagram has always been for me. Do you know what I mean? I started it because I kind of just wanted to document what it was actually my sister that said to me, she was like, there's this thing called Instagram. And I was on a Blackberry at the time. And I was like, do you need an iPhone? And she was like, yes. I was like, no, no, no. I'm all about the Blackberry. I love that little pearl button. Um, You know, no. And then she said, I think you should go on this thing called Instagram because you can document your outfits every day. And she's like, you wear the coolest outfits and you should take photos. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like that. Then I changed to the iPhone and then I got Instagram and Lucy was really the one at the beginning that was like, you should do this. And, you know, I I just started sharing it for me and it was always about me. And I think when 
it turns and it becomes and starts to feel like a job, then I think that will be the time for me that I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. But if I need to like, you know, not be on it for a couple of days, then I'm, I'm going to let myself have a break. You know what I mean? I also think I treat it like a business so that I know if I want to have a couple of days off, I've got photos that I can post. Do you know what I mean? We don't necessarily do everything in real time anymore. So it's quite amazing that you you need to be look after yourself. So if I want to, you know, zone out, then I'll you you'll just see some flashbacks Fridays for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, oh, I think, absolutely. I think you've got to stay in control of it. Like I I I also just think I'm. I don't listen to the negative. If there's if there's negative, then I don't let it in. And I'm really lucky that the community that I've built is not a negative space. And if somebody, you know, gets on there and says something negative, normally the other people in my community stand up for me before I've even seen it, which is really lovely. And I've always said from the beginning, I I, I delete and block them if there's a, a bad, I don't, I don't care. I just don't even look at it. I block and delete. I don't even know who you are. But if you say something nasty, there's no space for you here. And that way it just doesn't get in. Do you know what I mean? But I do think you can sit on it and start comparing yourself to other people, which I think is really hard, especially, you know, for, for younger people that are trying to navigate their, their way through who they are and what works for them. And, you know, it's really easy for me to sit here and say, you know, that, that, that I feel really good about myself because, you know, I remember when I wore the denim shorts to the opera house, I got some serious hate mail after that. They were like, you're disrespectful. What are you doing? But I was like, this is who I am. I'm going with it. But I was quite confident. I just think you've got to, it's like, if your mother says it's okay, you can do it. That's uh, <laughs> that's my, yeah. What are you most scared of? What am I most scared of? Oh, goodness. I, I guess, like, disappointing the people that love me. You know what I mean? I don't like to let people down. I'm very much a people pleaser. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be it because I always like to make people happy and I always like to give my best and I, I like people to be proud of me. And when I say people, I mean my immediate family. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so nice. What about success? What is your relationship like with it? And what does it mean to you? I set the bar very high. And once the bar is set, I like to push it up even higher. And I probably should be just happy when I hit that first goal. Um, It's really hard because sometimes, I mean, you would get the same question, you know, how do you define success? And it's like, oh, goodness, you know, do you define yourself? do Do you define success? You know, you get into bed every night and you just feel happy and content. You know what I mean? Or is it financial success or is it a number on the, the gram that's success? Do you know what I mean? I think for me, I like to set goals and I like to achieve goals. And I think whatever that goal is, I think I like getting, I think that's the success for me. Do you know what I mean? Like even if it's, you know, working with brands or I remember when I got that Cosmo, my first Cosmo cover, like probably the same with you with Women's Health. You're like, yes, <laughs> do you know what? I've got that for the rest of my life. I can haunt people with that for the rest of my life. It's that, that it's a beautiful feeling when you achieve a goal that you've set. Oh, absolutely. And I have that cover at home, your magazine. Can I it was, you it's such a beautiful photo. It's like really bad. I'm in this spare <laughs> bedroom and like this <gasps> is sitting next to me because we're trying to like clear stuff out. <laughs> Joel, I just held up a framed photo of the Cosmo cover. Everybody that's listening, I've got no shame. <laughs> I love that you that you have that. That's that's so good. And it's Joel amazing to celebrate it's very it. Very nice. Yes. 
And I, I wanted to actually ask you about Joel because I think behind, I mean, you're such a successful woman, but I feel like your relationship is also with Joel is so pivotal, not, not as opposed to your career, but I just think that the support that he gives you and from what I've seen is just incredible. What does he mean to you? He's everything without sounding so girly and corny. (laughs) No, I think um, it's really interesting because I've always been like, yes, I can do everything. I, you know, I, my mum was a single parent. She did everything on her own. She, you know, got her master's while we were studying at school and she became an English teacher. Then she like, she did everything by herself. And I was like, that's who I am. I am that woman. And then I met Joel and I met this person that lifted me up and believed in me and, and, you know, just like, just is your number one fan. You know what I mean? And there's something, something happens to you when somebody believes in you and lifts you up that you think you can go that little bit further and you keep going. And I think for me, when I met him, I, I just was like, wow, you're my person. You know, you're the person that I want to go through life with because you made me feel good. And if I fall down, you'll you'll pick me up again and we'll go through it together and you'll push me that little bit harder and I just think we're real we're real partners in life you know what I mean and I think it's really amazing what you can do with somebody when you meet your person and you know Jen Atkin and Mike are an amazing couple that we look at and and think how incredible they are because they work together you know they've built a they've built businesses together yet they still have a really beautiful relationship and you know the respect that they have for each other is something that you know Joel and I have and I I respect he him as a human so much and his journey as a professional footballer and you know I hear his stories and I'm like man I've got to like put some of that into that dedication into my work and I think that inspires me so yeah I, I think when you meet the right person um they can lift you higher than you ever thought you could go that is so beautiful Thank I you. love I'm that so is just love. so special can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> It's so nice. It's so nice that you found that in the way that you speak about a partnership. And I think, I mean, you speak about Jen Atkin, but I think a lot of people would look to you and Joel just like you look at, you. at her and Mike. So, yeah, you have a beautiful relationship and it's so He's nice to watch. Man. He stood with me at that Bumble. I'm, I'm remembering that first Bumble thing that we did and he may have been the only man in the room. And I love him for that. If you're listening, babe, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. And what I would love to know what you've learned about yourself this year. What have I learned about myself this year? I've learned that, oh my gosh, I've learned so much. You know what? In the last few weeks, I've learned that I really needed to stop and I really needed to ground myself and I really needed to just take a breath because I think um, I, probably like yourself, a lot of us have been really running really fast, you know what I mean, for a while now. And to be able to be forced to stop and cook and eat properly and sleep and have a moment has been really, really nice. And I've learned that I need to do that. Do you know what I mean? I also have just, I've learned a lot about business and I thought I, I thought I knew a lot, but I've learned a lot. I've also learned that I can't trust everybody and not everybody's going to treat me the way I treat them. And that's okay. The people that, you know, the people that count are the people that are closest to me. And I think, I think that's been a really big, big learning for me. So, yeah, I've learned a lot and that's I'm still learning. Four months into the year. <laughs> I'm okay not to learn for the rest of the year. I'm okay. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I think especially I think the thing about that you spoke about learning that you can't trust everyone, that's actually a really hard lesson. Yeah. Um, and especially for someone, I suppose, like you that cares so much about others, it, it is hard to, I suppose, get used to that and, and come to that realisation. So that's really cool that you're okay with it. Yeah, and it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same as, like, not everybody's going to like Elle Ferguson's denim shorts. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. You know, like, it's fine. You'll get over it. You'll build a bridge. You'll move on. You know, we're all okay. Exactly. And what are your goals for the next few years? My goals for the next few years, I always have like visions not that I make a vision board but I it's really funny I always have like visions of what's going to happen what's going to kind of what I want to happen and at the moment I just want to be happy and healthy and I want everybody that's around me that I love to be happy and healthy and everybody that's kind of worried about what's happening to the world I want them to be okay because I think we're really uncertain right now and and if anything, this time has shown how much we can kind of also like lean on friends, you know what I mean? And, you know, so many of the women that are in our community have amazing businesses. And I mean, I can see you and you're sitting there in your jagged top. And I think, you know, (laughs) that's amazing that you can support them. The girls reached out to me the other day and I got a few t-shirts off them because I was like, well, why can't I use my platform to support you, you know? And then, you know, like, I feel like that's been really amazing to kind of lean on each other and I think maybe for a period of time we weren't leaning on each other as much because we were a little bit scared to and I think almost this has made us kind it's like doing this podcast you know what I mean it's really quite amazing that we can share this and bring both of our communities together and I think that's been really cool to kind of like you know just like share a bit more and lean on each other and not be scared that we're all gonna you know run out of something Oh, I I could not agree more. I think it it is so true. We are often as much as obviously we all as a a woman in business, you want to support other women. And I think it's something that we all try to do. But you're right. There's kind of a a bit of fear there. Like, oh, but I have to focus on my business and and all those things. But I think it's awesome as well to come to that realization that, you know, it just because you share something, it doesn't mean that it takes away from what you do. It just adds value. It builds it. Like I say, watch out well when we all come out because we're (laughs) We're all going to be like a massive girl gang. The gang that comes out, they thought they were we were bad before we went in. When we come out, we're going to be like, oh, watch out. <laughs> and to finish off, I would love to know what piece of, of advice you would give now to your 18-year-old self. Oh, stop dyeing your hair blonde, number one. <laughs> Walk away from the bleach. Your natural colour suits you way better. Um, I thought about this one and it's always the same answer. It's don't listen to the mean girls because they won't be there later in life. It's the truth. The, there was, I got bullied really bad, really bad. And um, I can't even remember those girls' names now. Do you know what I mean? That's how important they are to me. So it's like they, I thought they ruled the world, but they don't. So don't listen to them. That is such good. I've actually never heard that piece of advice before. And really? I think it's, yeah, I've never heard it. It's amazing. Thank you. And I think our community will benefit from that so much and from everything that you have said today. Thank so thank you. you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank you. So we hope you enjoyed that podcast. Elle's such a legend. Um, it's, it's really cool to hear a little bit more background in her story, I think. But, yeah, she's such a beautiful person. So we hope you guys enjoyed it. 
We will be back next Wednesday with a, another kick pod. As always, you can find us at Keep It Cleaner on Instagram. Our website is www.keepitcleaner.com.au. If you would like to try the program, we have got our seven-day free trial on there. You can follow us on Instagram as well at Steph Claire Smith and Laura.henshaw. And if you liked this podcast, we love, love, love so much seeing where you enjoy the podcast and you sharing it on your stories. So thank you so much to every single person that has done that lately. It means so much to us. And yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye.